Welcome to Mission Matters, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University. Celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old mission that is SLU. Brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. Did you ever wonder why Jesus would use parables to prove a point or try to get a message across to a tough audience? Parables were stories, but stories that would have a purpose that came across with a punch. So there was either some irony, or some hyperbole, or some point made in the story that would shock people into realizing that they needed to think a little bit harder about what he was saying. Stories have always had that kind of an effect on us. I know as a teacher, when there was a topic that was particularly uninteresting, I could always tell a story to the students, and it would re-engage their imagination, recapture their attention, and possibly help them understand how it related to their own lives. Stories humanize us. They bring us home to ourselves, and they teach us something really valuable about ourselves, our fellow human beings, and even God. So we're here this morning with Christina McGrordy, who is from the School of Nursing. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. I'm glad to and be here. We're here to hear from you about your experience as a nurse, how you got into um, nursing, and this project that you got going a couple years ago called Nurse Stories. So you are on faculty in the School of Nursing? Right. I'm an assistant professor in the School of Nursing. I've been there for four years. If you ask me what I do, I always say I'm a nurse. My kids are like, but you, you're a teacher. I was like, I am, but I'm a nurse first. It's who I am. So I, uh, my background is in pediatrics. I've always worked in pediatrics. Okay. I always knew I wanted to work in pediatrics, like from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sort of fell into pediatric hematology oncology my first year of nursing. Not what I expected yeah. at all, but um, has truly been my love. So that's what I practiced in. So you've been working with little kids. My whole life. Aww. And their parents. So there's a lot of adult nursing. There's a lot of psych nursing uh-huh. that goes into pediatrics. Well, here's the thing. If we really practice care of the whole person, mm-hmm. the child is the center of that. The parents are the circulating orbit. Uh. So we care for the whole family, which is a theory in nursing called family-centered care, which really Ignatius of Loyola right. <laughs> named a whole lot earlier when he talked about <laughs> care of the whole person. So Ignatius had the idea first. First and foremost, yeah. in my mind. That's awesome. why that's why I give credit to Awesome. Especially here. This lose Especially mission. Especially here. You know, that makes Especially a big difference here. to be able to connect it to Ignatian spirituality and all that. I was, I'm Jesuit educated. I went to Georgetown for a nursing school. And I remember walking around, you know, I don't think as an 18 to 22 year old, I really grasped it at all. Mm-hmm. My parents did and very much instilled it. My dad kind of sat me down and said, what do you think you want to do? And I said, well, I want to work with kids. But I'm not sure if I would be a teacher, which both of my parents were, or maybe a nurse, which nobody was. And But our neighbors, we had a neighbors with six kids, and they were all like PT, OT, speech, nursing, and patient care of some sort. So I went and spent a morning at my grade school in the kindergarten room, and by 8.30, I was like, no way. I <laughs> no still teaching. I still don't like group birthday parties. Like, my kids were always like, how come we don't have the class for a birthday party? I was like, oh, too yes. many kids. It's too many kids. Mm. So I went and spent a day at St. Mary's Hospital with my next-door neighbor, who was an orthopedic nurse, on an adult orthopedic floor on a weekend. And this is back in 1987. So, I mean, I just walked in with her. Like, there was no badge. There was no HIPAA. I just walked in. And I knew, again, 
by 9 a.m. I was like, this is what I want to do. It reached out and grabbed him. Immediately. I also knew I wanted to do kids. I remember we had a man with a hip who'd had a hip replacement, and we were turning him and moving him, and I thought, this would be so much easier with kids. Like, what? Uh You could just pick them up and move them. None of this, like, rolling and things. Like, what a mess. (laughs) So I knew, and so that was it. So when we sat down, my dad said, you can go anywhere you want. You can go to any university you want. But it has to be Jesuit. And that was, ah, there, there was no go. discussion. And it wasn't even the tuition. Because mm-hmm. I, of course, picked the most expensive Jesuit university <laughs> that did not accept any Facheck at all. But it happened to be my mom and dad's alma mater. So I think that was part of why they were like, okay. okay. So I did. But I remember as an undergrad walking around and the focus on Jesuit mission and identity right away. I remember walking on campus and seeing like banners that said, you know, AMDG that said, cure, you know, care of the whole person. And I didn't really grasp that mm-hmm. until I started practicing, really. And, you know, as I got older. And I'm still, like, it still reveals itself to me in so many ways. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny because we see it as words on the page or, you know, like you said, banners on mm-hmm. the sidewalk. But mm-hmm. then once you start living it, you realize what it means and how it embodies itself. And is everywhere. It really is amazing. And so uh, the other thing that was interesting that really sort of um, put it in perspective, well, a couple of things put it in perspective for me. When I worked at um, Children's Hospital here in St. Louis, their mission statement was, we do what's right for kids. Mm. Very simple, very to the point. And I found that um, if everything we did was through that lens, we couldn't go wrong. It's where egos fell, uh-huh. where it's not about you. I'm sorry, you know. So many times I would just say, but we do, but we do what's right for kids, mm-hmm. right? And, right. and that other includes centered. other centered, and that includes the family. So I'm sorry if that mom was yelling at you, but it's not about you, right? It's not about you, right? So I found that to be that's really a hard helpful. message to <laughs> receive and get across. When my oldest started at St. Louis High, we went to the first. Um, I don't have brothers, so I hadn't. You know, this was a whole new sort of experience for me. But we went first night. We went to the presidential welcome mass. And Father Holman said Mass, and then we had the president speak, and the um, principal and the like lead class moderator for freshmen. And every one, from the homily to the songs that were picked, to every speech that we heard, but I just was struck by, they all had the same message. They had the exact same message. And it was about, we are going to make your son a man for others, for and with others. And I said to my husband on the way home, I'm like, I just don't understand. Like, how did they coordinate that? How did, how did, <laughs> how did that all come about? Like, how did they know what Father Holman was going to say in his homily? And Sean said, very wise man, my husband. He said, Ed Jesuit educated. He said, Christina, they didn't. But if everything you do say and, and act is through your mission, then you're in a complete alignment. And that, for me, was got it. Right. You can't fake that stuff. Nope. You can't orchestrate it. It just has to be part of it. That's why it's mission and identity. Yes. It's not just what you do. It's who you are. It's who you are. Yeah. And I, that, I was like, whoa. That was <laughs> earth Impressive. shattering. That was eye opening for me when I really started yeah. to see and also just how important that, how important that was, whether, yeah. whether people realized it or not. Yeah. Okay, so that's a perfect segue then into yeah. this notion of nurse stories. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. What is it? Where did it come from? How has it evolved? Where's it going? It all came from my brain and um, NPR, honestly. I started here in 15 and, you know, spent my first year sort of, 
you feel a little bit like the outlaw at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Like <laughs> you're not sure what's going on or who's getting along with who and what's happening. And you sort of sit in these faculty meetings just sort of taking it all in. At least I did. And I knew I had to get involved, but I didn't know what that was in. Okay. And so I just sort of um, sat back and they'd be forming this committee or that committee. And I think, you know, I did, that just does, doesn't speak to me. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't, I, I'm not sure. And um, I taught, my first year was great. I taught in the summer, and that was um, personally just a big mistake. I have, I had six kids between the ages of 5 and 15, and I thought, it's two days a week in the summer, three hours, no big deal. Oh, and dear. I realized the first week that it was a mistake. There were a lot of other things that went on as well that really had me questioning, like, was this a good fit for me? Um, just personality, things like that, that I just thought, maybe this isn't right for me. And I've taught in other programs. I've I taught I've taught in three program three nursing programs here in St. Louis. And I just kept coming back to SLU because our, I loved our students and I also loved the mission and identity that I could talk to, with them about that because I know firsthand as a nurse how important that is. How that will sustain you in really really hard and difficult times because you are with people at their hardest time. Right. So um, I sort of sat back and watched it, and um, then I went back that fall and thought, I'm going to give this a go. Let's see what happens. So um, I started um, to become involved with Mission Identity, and I thought, there's, there's something here. Somebody had said to me, you really should, I think mission is sort of where your love lies. And I thought, oh, you're right. That's exactly right. Like as a new person in the school of nursing from the outside looking in, I saw all these groups. Uh-huh. And I saw people that I'd worked with for a year who I'd never met, who okay. hadn't introduced themselves and vice versa. And I thought this, this is something is wrong here. Like we're all nurses. We all do the same thing. I, why are we not connecting? So um, I was... I was I took my son to St. Louis High um, for a wrestling match, and I'm sitting on the Kings Highway Bridge listening to NPR, and StoryCorps came on, and it was um, right before Veterans Day, and so what they did was it was a veteran um, from uh, the Vietnam War, and his wife was interviewing. If you're familiar with StoryCorps, uh-huh. it's people asking each other's questions, and so his wife was asking him about the war, and she said, "You never talk about it. I know it was um, formative for you, but uh-huh. you've never said anything." And um, in a really short instance, he told her, he said, Be, you know, it's, I think about it every day. It's formed who I am. Um, you can't go through something like that and not be touched. And he told her about how um, he accidentally shot a child. Oh. And I'm crying and his wife is crying. He'd never shared this with her. Oh, wow. And he said, it's something that I think about every day. And he said, you, you're given a job. You go in and do it. And he said, I did my job. I mean, it was awful. Oh, and so I'm, I'm sitting at King's Highway in Manchester, and I'm just crying. And I just listened to the intro, and then I thought to myself, we all have stories. Mm-hmm. And I, it sort of dawned on me that that's our way to connect as nurses, as a faculty, and to connect with our students. I went to a talk that the Reinhardt Center gave, and the speaker, I can't remember who it was, he said, your students wake, think that you woke up a professor. They think you just woke up with all this knowledge, and right. they think that they're never going to get there. Right. And I found that more and more with students. So we started. So I started Nurse Stories. I took it to um, my colleague Jerry Meyer, who was like, "Yes, let's do this." And Father Chris, of course. And when I sat and listened to this man tell his story, I immediately thought of my first death uh-huh. as a nurse. Okay. I hadn't seen a death in nursing school. I knew it was coming. I feared it. I'd lost my grandmother, but I wasn't there. 
And otherwise, everyone, my other grandparents had all died before I was. So it wasn't something I was familiar with. I worked in hematology, oncology. I knew it was coming. Right. And something I feared. So as I sat there, I thought of John, who was the first patient I had as a new grad who died the day after Christmas. A horrible, horrible death. A boy who died as his lungs filled up with fluid and he screamed, I'm not ready. Oh. I'm not ready. It was was in your care. In my care. And his parents. And there was nothing any of us could do. It was gut-wrenching. But I also remember how um, I stood outside that door with my three colleagues and we just held hands and cried. There was nothing that we could do but support him and his parents and to just support one another. Be a community. And that was the first time I really realized how important that was. So I thought, I think maybe this is what we need at the School of Nursing. So I introduced it and asked some colleagues, would you be willing to tell your story? And and they did. Wow. So how did, what, what was the format? How did that look? So brown bag lunch, of course, because we're such big fans of brown bag lunch. <laughs> and then I brought desserts. Um, <laughs> and we have what's called the Action Methods Classroom. It's the classroom we use for communication class. Right. Okay. So it's set up very much like this room where mm-hmm. it's very conversational. There's sort of a little elevated stage mm-hmm. where you would role play and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I had two nurse, two faculty um, at each at each session and we planned one a month, three times each semester. So it was like three in the spring, three in the fall, not in the busy months, August, September, right. or August, but then we would do September, October, November, and then December's kind of a wash. Yeah. Um, and we invited everybody, students, faculty, staff, anybody who wanted to come. And everybody has a story to tell. Uh-huh. And you, I saw, we saw faculty who have more letters behind their name than in front of it. Mm-hmm. And we saw them open up and be vulnerable and, and talk about mistakes that they had made, uh-huh. mistakes that they would never make again. Uh-huh. We saw humanness. Right. I, I felt like we had all gotten so wrapped up in our our work day and in our workload and in who was doing what and what conference and this and that. Mm-hmm. But at our core, we're all, we're all nurses. And every one of us has multiple stories of patients that not only shaped our care that day, but continue to shape the care that we give to our patients as well as our students right. and our lives. I mean, John's parents that day taught me what it was to be a parent. I didn't have kids yet, but I saw in them a strength I really I didn't know existed. Wow. So th- so that's how it started. And um, it was. It was people. the people who would say, like, yes, I'd be happy to do that. I'd be happy to tell my story or a story. Because who doesn't want to tell the story of someone who inspired them? Right. Particularly when it's someone who's no longer with you. Right. Right. The giants. Yes. People yeah. who made us who we are. And it helped us to focus mm-hmm. on our, our mission um, at SLU, our mission in the nursing school, and imparting that to our students. A big part of that, I think, also was self-care. You know, what did I do after something like that? What after this watching this horrible death of this boy who was all of two years younger than I was oh, and who I had loved and admired. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was so important for students to see. Um, so, yeah, so that went on. We did that for two years and then really just sort of ran out of people to tell stories. And we and it was interesting. More and more faculty were drawn to it than students. And that was sort of. Oh. Interesting. That was sort of our um, our that was who we wanted to have was students, but it really and faculty. But then it really sort of grew into faculty. I mean, there are still people that I see in the hall who I may not know very well, but I now know this story. Isn't that wonderful? So it it knitted your nursing faculty community together yes. even more than it provided something for the students, which was what I 
anticipated was more wow. for the students, and it ended up really being more for the faculty. How about that? Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty amazing. So it's it fell off. You know, we had other programs. We started working on a junior re- or sophomore retreat, junior retreat for our students and things like that, and it sort of fell off. And um, this last fall, we had a faculty retreat, and one of the first things that was brought up was nurse stories. It was really interesting to me, and I had not expected it. So we've sort of given it a rebirth. Oh, neat. Um, we're going to do it. So I, actually, it starts next, and in two weeks, we're going to do Nurse Stories Part Two. So oh. I sent it out and, and just said, anybody interested, the same stories are fine. We have a lot of new faculty, new faculty who are like, I, you know, I don't know anything about this, but I'd be happy to be there. Fabulous. We're interested as well. Um, did we have as big a response as I would have liked? No, but I also know I've learned from working with Father Chris and Mission Identity that so small seeds... And they will grow. So even if it's just five or ten of us, that's right. It's okay. That's right. It's not. It's absolutely not about the numbers game. Okay. Um, the other thing that's coming is SLU stories. Oh, okay. So I wrote a small grant for uh, through the Lilly Foundation in the fall, and we're going to do it on South Campus in hopes of knitting. Because now I've started to realize, having been here four years, that. I work on the same campus with fabulous faculty from School of Physical Therapy and that I don't know. Uh-huh. Anne Hayes was someone that I met uh, on retreat right. that I thought, how do I not know this woman? How is she not a part of my life? I feel like I've known her. And so that was sort of the onus for it. And so I wrote a proposal that it'll start in the fall and it will be faculty from all of South Campus to just tell their story. Like, what what was your calling? Because here's the thing. Nobody gets in at this university, at any university. No one becomes a teacher, a nurse, an occupational therapist, even a physician now for the glory, for the money, for the fabulous hours and spectacular <laughs> uniform. <laughs> right. Nobody does it. Right. Why are we called to this? Why? What? What? And, and, and how does that knit us together? Yeah. You know, how do we... How do we connect over that and over our patients? So the the whole goal is to sort of look at our vocation and what called it to us in the hopes that it will bring us closer together. And also that self-care, that self-realization that, you know what, this is why I got into this and I have to remember that. So we'll see. My In my in my ideal world, we'll, this will be across campus that we can all get together. Very exciting. Yeah. So when's that coming? That is coming in um, fall of 2020. Okay. Yeah, so okay. that will run through twenty fall of 2020, spring of 2021. That is fantastic. So we'll see, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing because stories really do connect us with people. You know, even as a teacher, you know, you can teach content. I could, you know, be having the most exciting mathematical principle or theological principle in the whole wide world. In the whole wide world. And... You get these deadpan stares out in front of you in the classroom. But as soon as you launch into a story, it perks people up. They can relate to it a little bit better. Even your staunchest middle school kid (laughs) will be interested and want to know more. And I think it's story that just, whether it's the fact that it humanizes us. Yes, that's it. Or it connects us Mm -hmm. or it, it. teaches us something about our past or our present or our future, story is so important to who we are. You know, in the Jesuit tradition, storytelling is a form of prayer. Yes. In life, storytelling is a form of prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, I find with my own kids, with my um, daughter, you know, I'll say, how was school? It was fine. What? (laughs) Tell me something funny that happened. And that will launch into a story. I find that um, my kids will say, tell me, you know, tell me that story about when so-and-so was born, or tell me about that time 
um, when you made Patrick give up his pacifier. And it is, it's that connection. I think in our families and our lives, it's, it's, it is, it's that feeling of you and I are connected somehow. But in the Jesuit tradition, it's, it's a form of prayer. When I started looking into forming nurse stories, I went to that fabulous little book by Father Fleming. And in there, he talks about how Ignatius of Loyola said um, to have a casual conversation with God would be to conversar, right? So conversar is a conversation in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, with nurse stories, I really wanted was just conversation. I don't need to hear about how great you are or how smart I am. I don't need to tell you what I had for lunch or this or that, unless you're really interested. (laughs) But that, that, that gentle conversation between friends like we're having now yep. is to conversar and yep. it's a form of, of prayer it's how we get to know one another and through one another we come to know god person to person relationship yep yep yeah fantastic thank you so much sure. for all of this it's great talking with you we'll look forward to nursing stories when they come out no no blue stories, stories. when it comes stories. out in the fall um yes. and if people are interested can they contact you by Please. Email. Email. So yes. Christina.McRorty at slu.edu. You got it. In the School of Nursing. I'm in 512. Come visit. But yes, I. it'll be great. I think we're really, I would love to see this across campus. I think it would really do a lot to help us come together. Yeah. And we all need more of that. Amen. Okay. So thank you for being with us. And everybody out there who's listening, uh, keep your eyes and your ears open for the mission in the office next door to you and the person you cross in the hallway. It's out there everywhere. So until next time, God bless. Amen.